0: I'm Kate Daniels, and I'm privileged to be speaking with Sarah Osborne this morning. Sarah works for the Albertson Safeway Foundation, and they collaborate with Northwest Harvest, for one, to provide food for persons, families facing hunger. Let's hear how even a little really adds up and makes a world of difference in a person's, a family's, life. Sarah Osborne, good morning, and thanks for being with us this fine Sunday morning.
1: I'm very pleased to be here.
0: Thank you, too, for the great work that you do with Albertsons and Safeway. And then, because of your role as the External Affairs Director, you are involved with so much of the philanthropy that goes on. The big thing at this time of year, of course, is Home Team Harvest. And it's, what, the 20th anniversary?
1: It is the 20th anniversary for Home Team Harvest, um, and I think it is actually our sixth year of being involved in the campaign.
0: Oh, okay. So Mm -hmm. because it seems to me I've seen those the bags of of, uh, our opportunity to purchase the bags of groceries in the stores seems like much longer than that, but maybe it was done in a different way prior to six years.
1: Yeah, I think that, um, so we had a campaign involving the grocery bags before we partnered up with Home Team Harvest. Um, and then we just realized, you know, we're both trying to raise funds and foods for Northwest Harvest. And just like everything else, if we collaborate, we can have a much bigger impact.
0: Well, yes, that definitely makes sense, that collaboration. And and then that brings us to this year, which is like a whole other big book on its own uh having the whole pandemic and what it's doing to to our society what it's doing to individuals and families is crazy so the collaboration is is I feel even more important.
1: Yeah, certainly. Um you know, one of the only silver linings we've seen through the pandemic related to food insecurity is really the very innovative ways So many hunger relief organizations have worked together um, to serve people. This I have this is unprecedented. I had never seen um, this type of cooperation and innovation and just new ways of doing things and kind of and and they just um, it was just so quick too to be able to immediately serve people in need and getting the food directly to them or getting them some assistance so they can just go to their neighborhood grocery store like everybody else.
0: That is so heartening to to hear you say that because it, sometimes through the news channels, you we get the impression that things are just dismal. But to say that you saw this great response is so, so wonderful.
1: Yeah, I think so. Um, in the beginning, it was really tough. I think the first four or five weeks because people were immediately... Losing income and losing jobs and, you know, for too many people when that happens, they just don't have that discretionary income anymore, which means um, food. So for a lot of people, after they pay their bills, um, you know, any money they have left goes to food and that was immediately gone. So there wasn't really the cash assistance that they weren't already signed up for SNAP, um, the EBT, because that takes a bit. The food banks, you know, the whole food system was disrupted, um, so they weren't getting the same food donations from stores, um, just it, 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 the whole system was kind of upside down. So what we saw is that people immediately went into action and worked with us um, to order grocery cards. So really that's just the cash assistance that would go directly to households, directly to individuals, so they could have the same access to their grocery store as everyone else. And like in the middle of this trauma that's turned their life upside down, at least they can still buy food for their families. And not have that part disrupted because to wake up every day, you know, in this new world and also not know how you're going to feed your family for the entire week. I mean, that's, you know, so traumatic. So I think we just saw people immediately clamor and say the first thing we need to do is to make sure we can get people fed.
0: That is just like the greatest news to know that that was uh, already in effect and hopefully the people who were needing it were the word was getting to them or they you know maybe by by word of mouth from neighbors or friends or maybe even when they showed up at the grocery store
1: yeah i mean i, I can't say that everyone is reached and i think um you know there's still issues I, you know this program is more how do we make this sustainable uh how can we make sure that we're serving everybody who needs our help and of course there's always people that aren't being reached. But that's why we're loving the collaboration is because as all these organizations are working together, we have more and more confidence that nobody's falling through the gap. Yes. Um,
0: yeah. Yes, exactly. Good point because different entities have connections in different communities and with different people. So you're doing as much as you can kind of launching that type of safety net. Exactly. Right. Exactly.
1: I remember one really great example um, is the Odessa Brown Children's Clinic in central Seattle. So, you know, they serve their families well beyond medical care. They always have. They know their families personally. They know them well. And they know as soon as, you know, the pandemic hit that a lot of the families they serve were going to be rocked by that. They just were going to have their financial lives turned upside down. So they immediately reached out. Um, and said, do you have any needs, basic needs, food, you know, clothing, anything, transportation. Um, And they got the responses back. They ordered the grocery cards from us, and then they personally delivered them to households um, because they realized that some families had to move in together or somebody had to move out of their home in with different members of their family or that, you know, just things had shifted so much. They wanted to make sure that they were getting everything directly to doorsteps um, and really also you know emotionally caring for those families, so we saw a lot of that kind of work, and so that was a real that is actually continues to be a really heartening part of this is there's so much care and compassion um, to reach out to households that are struggling like that
0: oh that's really incredible and demonstrates how having those connections, you with Odessa Brown, but then they have the individual people, so that is the way that you can bridge the gaps and and make sure that uh, at least the majority of people are being reached. Mhm. Yeah. Absolutely. Wow, that is incredible. And and thinking of this incredible time with the pandemic, I I think I've seen statistics where the number of people who have food insecurity is what doubled.
1: Yeah, so um, then, according to Northwest Harvest and and other studies, the number of people, you know, facing food insecurity right now has doubled. Um, And about 40% of those households have never had to rely on food banks before or or even SNAP or EBT. So, um, you know, in the middle of everything else, they're trying to figure out, you know, where are these resources to get food for my family? Um, And especially, you know, for families with children who they need to care for, having to try to find a nearby food bank, know that it's open, understand when its hours are, having to take your children. Um, You know, it's almost like there's some sort of stigma in them trying to access food. Um, So, you know, we worked closely with Northwest Harvest on reimagining this campaign this year um, and really wanted to try just getting assistance directly to these families without them having to struggle and work so much just to find food in their communities. So that's where the grocery cards come in. Um, And so, you know, we're identifying who needs them as we raise them in the stores. And so far um, our campaign has raised $3 million, which is astounding. Um, We are just sending out grocery cards of, you know, $50 increments depending on how many kids are in the family and sending it to the households. And therefore they can continue to shop like they always had there's no disruption there. They can shop like their neighbors. They can choose the foods that their family prefers. Um, they can buy foods that are important to their own cultures. We have such rich diversity in this area. that the foods people donate are not necessarily the foods that are preferred in all cultures or for all traditions. Um, so it gives them that dignity to go to their store um, and, and buy those types of foods for their families. I think we always, you know, we all know food is a comfort. Food is tradition. Um, food is some, not something that should be causing anxiety in the middle of all of this. So something as simple as a grocery card just brings so much relief to people.
0: So is that the way that the virtual uh, food bags, the grocery bags in the stores, when we donate to those, do those really translate then into the um, gift cards in the store for the food?
1: Yes, so that's what has changed. In the past, um, they were pre-selected products in the bags, so it was usually that shelf-stable product um, that food banks needed most, so like the peanut butters and the rice and beans and pasta and whatnot. Um, With everything in the pandemic, we've come, you know, and realizing that all the logistics and the distribution and supply chain issues that we experience, that it's just much easier to get cash assistance directly to households in addition to all of the emotional and you know, all the reasons why it just helps people be removed of stigma to be able to shop for themselves. So what's happening this year, um, is that when say you donate $5 at the register, that's going into a bank of funds for a local hunger relief organization. So, you know, let's say I am in Tacoma, Washington and I donate in the Hilltop area. So then, those funds are going to a local hunger relief organization in Hilltop who will get the funds in grocery cards and they can distribute them to households and individuals in that very community. So when you're donating in your community, you know those, you know, penny for penny, that money is going into a grocery card for a household.
0: Oh, that is really genius. Yeah. I mean <laughs> it's simple, but <laughs> so effective,
1: right? Like right. I don't I, you know, this is one of the I guess we could say innovations that occurred because of the pandemic. And I think we'll see this pattern or this strategy kind of expand in the future. And we're getting just amazing responses from hunger relief organizations and from the households receiving the cards about how much they appreciate it and prefer this method. And with everything going on, it just makes their life so much easier to be able to easily access food.
0: And having uh, spoken recently with someone who has volunteered at food banks, she was really supportive of this kind of concept because she said when it was the idea of having the foods in a building and people came and chose, there was just such a challenge of Availability of what could be used or not and you know, just different eating habits, different allergies and food sensitivity. So this falls right into it. I mean, this was just maybe two months ago. I spoke with her and and this is already in existence. Yes, absolutely.
1: Yeah, there I mean the food banks do tremendous work, but you know, there are a lot of obstacles and it depends on the food bank too. If they don't have the correct refrigeration or storage, they can't have a lot of the fresh dairy and meats and certain produce. So these cards also allow people access to whatever type of nutritious fresh food they need. Or if there's somebody who doesn't have a kitchen, you know, we have our deli and we have already prepared foods that they could also purchase with this grocery card. So yeah, it does. It's just a lot more flexible with the kind of food people can access. And yes, dietary restrictions, they do play a big role. I mean, people who struggle with food insecurity also have dietary restrictions. So they can accommodate those when they're able to buy it. At a grocery store, like everybody else,
0: as well. Right. So, this is definitely a great way to make our donations because while there are people struggling, there are those of us who still, fortunately, have our work. And I think it's a time where we see we collaborate on that level. You know, we who are working can help those who have lost their work so that we build these other bridges of help and connection with our community family.
1: Exactly. You know, the way we're thinking of it is this is a time when most people come to our stores, you know, looking for those holiday foods, um, you know, preparing their meals for their family. And it is a source of comfort. It's a source of fun. And we want people to think about there's so many others right now who are walking into grocery stores full of anxiety because they're on a fixed income. they you know, they have a food budget, so they're carefully shopping, they're having to put back items. It's not the same source of comfort for them. So it's really easy for our customers when they get to the register to say, hey, I'm going to give this five, ten, or twelve dollars. I know it's gonna go directly to that person who might also be walking into the store with this trepidation of not being able you know, to get the food that their children love or to get with, you know, the same holiday meal that their family's used to. So we, we just try to make it as easy as possible. And I think it's really, really resonating with our customers. The fact that they're donating in Washington State more than $100,000 every day is remarkable. So that just kind of really proves that people are thinking of so many others during this time.
0: Yes. Oh, isn't that... Wonderful. You know, at this season of the year with Thanksgiving, with all the various December holidays, celebrating so many different cultures that we're able to celebrate this together. Absolutely. Yes. I would say that our checkers,
1: you know, they're the key to success of this campaign as well, because they are on the front lines all the time. You know, we have 182 locations in Washington, so we're in almost every significant community, and they see that food insecurity is real right now and how much it's increased and is devastating customers that they know. So for them to also be the ones who are in charge of this fundraiser, is something they're really passionate about, and they see who benefits. You know, it's, it's people they talk to. They actually see the images of families and people in their minds um, mm-hmm. when they're appealing to other customers to help. So, you know, we really appreciate their passion for this, and and we know that it wouldn't be nearly as successful if they weren't so committed to it.
0: Oh, yes. A little tangent on that, thinking of all your staff on the front lines. I mean, they are the real heroes and heroines in this as well, because these are jobs that are critical to everyone's health, ongoing health, and to have to show up at work when when times are so challenging. While you have a job, it still is is very tense.
1: Yeah, I mean they've definitely gone through a lot of phases through this. I think in the beginning people were very appreciative of them and, and continue to be as are you know, as are we and it's they've always been on the front and things have changed in perspective of, you know, what should be happening in grocery stores and they've been so flexible And so gracious in dealing with all the changes and really being compassionate for customers and their anxieties when they're coming in and, you know, during the time when nobody kind of knew enough about COVID and safety measures and whatnot. So it's interesting, though, because when we go in and and we thank the frontline workers and just talk about what a service they're providing their community, they kind of just look at us and say, of course. You know, this is what we do. We, we serve food and we're available for the community. Um, and they really don't like us to call them heroes, but I think you're right. I think they are, and I think it's that humility that makes them so. It's always been there, and, and we're just really happy that people see them now in a different way and know that they just have a steadfast commitment. A lot of our employees have been with us for decades, so, you know, this is their career. They love to service their communities, um, and this has certainly taken it to a different level for them. But we do hope that this appreciation from their community continues beyond the pandemic and and people realize, you know, what a service it is to just have this store available in your own community, see familiar faces. You know, a lot of our checkers have seen kids grow up, Mm -hmm. you know, in in the same families. And so they come back from college and they go into the store to visit their favorite checkers, you know, so I think. most of our employees. It's just like, there's no doubt this is what they want to do. Um, And they were happy to be there in the greatest time of need.
0: That's beautiful to know too, to really bring that human element, you know, to the forefront and Mm -hmm. to express our gratitude and to see what is going on with them on a day-to-day basis. So your collaboration then, you were saying, Sarah, with Home team harvest has been going on now for six years. Right. Yeah. You know, I don't know that exactly. Somewhere.
1: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Somewhere there. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So I love this whole new concept of how the virtual. Food bags work now. If people are donating, because there's the option to donate directly to Home Team Harvest and King Five, how does all that work? Do all these monies, in a way, come together? Although I understand how, in the stores, the donations stay within the community.
1: Yeah. So, in the stores, the donations go to the grocery cards that stay in the community. Um, When you donate cash directly to Northwest Harvest, they do have tremendous buying power, so they're able to utilize that cash and leverage it to buy bulk. So that's usually bulk items from farms or other types of bulk items. So that cash usually um, will go to their warehouse to then be able to distribute through hundreds of food banks throughout the state. So, you know, they're both important campaigns. So one is going directly to food purchases and the other is going to grocery cards that go to households.
0: So that's a really great visual, And we see where the need is in both places and seeing how we can best support either entity, both entities is what I mean, because there is a need for both.
1: Yeah, food banks, they are a tremendous service to communities and will continue to be. I think there's just a realization that we need both services. We need more cash assistance to families to be able to shop in grocery stores. And we do also need the basic staples and the services that food banks providing communities. So right now, you know, this is a, basically a pilot project to see how the campaign goes. And also like for the next year, how both of these elements work together. So we will have our goal is $5 million in store. I think we're gonna surpass that to probably six, maybe even seven. So we will have a nice bank of grocery cards to be able to distribute and kind of track how that's working for the families in addition to kind of newly stocked food banks and maybe different types of items and how these work in collaboration to also serve the families. So it's a pilot project for us. And I think people in Washington should know that Northwest Harvest is considered one of the most progressive and innovative hunger relief organizations in the country. And they're open to trying new things and just really finding the best way to serve people who need it the most. And so they're very great at collecting data as well. And when they work with um, companies such as ours, we can track that type of data, too, to see what the redemptions are looking like and to see the areas of the greatest need. And so we'll know how effective is this model and can it be sustained and scalable um, in other areas.
0: It's obvious how they are progressive by wanting to look at different ways of meeting the needs. And boy, COVID, the pandemic's been a real test of that, of being flexible and being able to adjust to all the changes going on. And obviously, this is a good program, you know, seeing the results that you're already seeing. You said what, $3 million already collected in the stores? Yes, since November 1st. Incredible. And the campaign is continuing through the end of the year for this particular campaign.
1: Yes, and our stories will continue through the
0: end of the year. So not necessarily after that, because your work with uh, Home Team Harvest and Northwest Harvest is just for for basically these two months of the year?
1: Yeah. Uh, as it involves
0: hunting harvest, it's just the two months.
1: That being said, we have been donating and collecting donations for the past eight months. So we started fundraising in March. Um, then our company committed $50 million as well. So we've actually been granting funds to Hunger Relief organizations throughout Washington for the past eight months or so. And at this point, I think we're up to 14 or $15 million. And what we saw with a lot of that is that grant money was either used for A, my favorite topic, grocery cards, um, or B, transportation. So, you know, there are too many households right now that even if you do give them the cash assistance, they're no longer able to go to the grocery store or food banks um, because they're vulnerable medically or just have, you know, transportation issues because they're not, they don't feel safe going on public transportation anymore. So we're trying to find different solutions to actually get the food straight to their household if they need. Assistance in that regard if they don't have the resources to pay for delivery.
0: Oh, yes, there is the cost for delivery, isn't there? Because I was thinking there is that option, a relatively new option to have grocery delivered.
1: Yeah, there is that option. But yeah, for people who rely on SNAP and EBT, it's very difficult to find a service that is going to allow payment that way. Um, We are working on it, and I know other retailers are as well. So we have been able to accept. Snap at our drive-up and go service, which is essentially you go online and, and purchase your groceries, and then can just go to the parking lot, and we'll bring it out to you. But again, there's many people that don't have cars or the transportation to do that. Yeah. Um, so we, you know, have worked with people like United Way and Doordash um, to deliver free boxes of food directly to households at no cost.
0: That is incredible, and this was part of already fundraising that's been going on since March.
1: Yeah, we have kind of a new area of Safeway in Alberta because it's called Nourishing Neighbors. So really, it's just our hunger relief portion of our foundation. Um, And we were going to launch it last year anyway, (laughs) um, because we do believe that one of our priorities as a company is really to make sure that everybody has access to food and not just people who can independently afford to come to a grocery store. So that was our foundation commitment is that we're going to do everything we can to help all food insecurity in this country. So it's called Nourishing Neighbors within our company. So we're giving out what we call Nourishing Neighbor Grants.
0: You know, this is just such an important wealth of information you're providing for us this morning, Sarah. You know, above and beyond, our focus for this morning was to be talking about fundraising for Home Team Harvest, for Northwest Harvest. But hunger is not limited. To this time of the year, it as you have been saying, you know, it you've been helping all these months. It goes on every day of the year, three sixty-five, right?
1: It does, and um, you know, it just seems like
0: not everybody treats food
1: as a basic need, and we think everybody deserves access to food every day of the year, um, and it should be made easily accessible for everybody. <laughs> food is not a privilege. And so we do hope that going forward, everybody will view food companies like ours as partners. I mean, we have the expertise, we have the resources, um, we have the infrastructure to really help solve this issue. We kind of want everybody to rethink and be as progressive as Northwest Harvest. And let's reconsider how we're helping our neighbors. And maybe everything we've done in the past is not really working because if we still have one in five households, struggling with food insecurity in Washington, something has to change. And and I think we've seen that shift in focus with a lot of collaboration in this state. So we're hopeful going forward that, you know, that everybody sees that solution and that we can raise the resources together, we can collaborate with government, we can just really refocus and say, let's all be on the same path um, toward the solution which is likely trying to get more assistance directly to the households who need it so they can easily access food and it's just not so difficult for them.
0: Yes. And here we have such an easy way where the donations, of course, can be multiples of this, but we, when we check out, we can see $5, $10, $12. And each time we go, we can do that for one or press it multiple times, probably. But what we see is that what may not seem like a lot to us, like what will my $10 do? But $3 has been raised already, so we can see how together we really can make a difference.
1: Yeah, honestly, just the volume of people who participate is what matters most. You could even just donate a few cents. The volume of people who are going through stores and shopping, if everybody contributed just a bit, it adds up so fast. Mm -hmm. Um, And if you knew that, you know, you could be helping thousands and thousands more households be food secure, I think most people would sign up to do that.
0: Yes. Well, I feel, Sarah, that you've really given us such a great insight this morning as to how we can do this, how it's really working already. And so we can go, you know, we can blow your goal out of the water because we'll do this together. Absolutely.
1: (laughs) I mean, I hope you do. I think, you know, in years past when we were collecting product, our customers were also generous and when we were just focusing on stocking food banks. They've donated so much that it stocked hundreds of food banks through April. So we're expecting kind of that same sustainability that people will donate so much in grocery cards that we're hoping it will at least last, you know, for the first three, four months of this year, that we could prove, okay, well, let's, you know, quadruple that amount. Can we service thousands of households for an entire year? And what does that look like? So not only are we helping or hoping to provide more food access To households this year, we're hoping to have the data and the information necessary to prove to others, you know, these are the resources that would effectively solve food insecurity in the state if we're working together. And again, it's not for us independently to solve. It It has to be retailers and nonprofits and government kind of all collaborating, looking at the data and figuring out what exactly do we need to make sure that nobody is struggling with food insecurity in the state.
0: Yes, Underscore collaborative effort from all these different factions. Well, Sarah Osborne, you are just a ray of great sunshine and a beacon directing us to the beacon on how we can all be these collaborators. And I'm so grateful that we've had this chance to talk about uh, this important conversation around hunger and food insecurity and the solution. Uh, Thank you for being with us this morning.
1: Yes, thank you for having me, and um, I hope this is just the beginning of a really important conversation.
0: Yes, indeed.